gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. After some glitches, which I shall not explain because maybe the men in black are listening to the show, but we got things reestablished and welcome to the Paracast a week after we had Rich Hoffman talking about scientific ufology, what's going on, and one thing we had mentioned, Randall, this will before we bring Kurt Collins in, is we were talking about the possibility of UFOs that we see being holograms, and Rich's argument there is solidity. They can be tracked on radar and seen simultaneously. They leave trace evidence. And my response to that is Star Trek holodeck. Obviously fiction, but they're envisioning what's going to happen 300 years from now. So maybe in 300 years, we can create a hologram that has solidity. What do you think, Randall? I think we've got everything that we need to make it look like that now in terms of technological possibility. I know I've been getting a bit of flack for this. I've I've been getting a bit of flack on the forum now, too, but I'm doing my best to answer some of the concerns there. I posted a video and it's of a band that's playing in their holograms. They're not just holograms, they're holograms from another continent. They've that their image has been transmitted out over and completely across the ocean to another stage where it looks like they're playing. And not only that, they can interact with the audience through cameras and and feedback. And it looks like they're standing right on the stage. Now, the argument against that so far, you know, I, I can respect this, is that their particular technology that they're using there uses some screens. But Kurt and I were talking a little bit before the show about this. And I, I really want to bring Kurt in on this as well. Let's give the military $40 billion in 40 years since they started playing with lasers to come up with laser holograms that don't need screens. And, and how many people out there don't think they could do it? What do you think, Kurt? It's, it's certainly possible, especially if, if um, they've used countermeasures like uh, radar chaff, you know, dropping fool and things to fool enemy radars. There's radar spoofing itself where you generate a false image. So, so these things can be done. That doesn't mean that all these cases can be explained that way, but I think it's, it's, it's in the spectrum of possible answers, and you just can't shut that down because it's not the answer you're looking for. I think it's important also to try to extrapolate what an advanced civilization capable of interstellar travel can do. There are hundreds or thousands of years ahead of us, and maybe it's true, as some suggest, they have but one technology, which is space travel, But assuming there's a general improvement in technology, they'll figure out things that we can't even imagine, except on Star Trek, maybe. I think that's a really good point that that you brought up. Like I was trying to get across the point that I think we could do it with our own technology if we put our minds to it, if it hasn't already been done. And Kurt, like you were saying, radar spoofing, definitely uh, on the forum, I put in a link to an article where the Navy has been buying up radar spoofing technology for quite some time now. And there's some really good articles. They can make it look like there's an object out there that's moving and everything. And the funny thing about the the Tic Tac incident is that when the aircraft went up and tried to get aircraft locks on it, they weren't able to do so. Some of them couldn't get any locks at all. Some, it didn't appear at all. Others were intermittent. So 
What does that say? Another pilot said that the object looked kind of mirage-like. What does that suggest? I literally put down like 10 points for why we should seriously consider the idea that this is some sort of advanced military countermeasures secret test. I find it kind of difficult to accept this, that a group, say like that Rich Hoffman is with the Scientific Coalition for Ufology, who are scientists, would be like you're saying, they're so uh, focused on the idea that it must be a craft that they just almost are hand-waving the idea. I think the only exception, before Kurt chimes in, is the trace evidence, like Ted Phillips has been doing, looking at. And of course, we have the Sakara, New Mexico episode. So how does that explain? Sakaro may have been a test of lunar lander. We've been talking about that. But could we assume that all the trace evidence is either something natural or a test aircraft, and therefore it's divorced from the other UFOs? Oh, no, no. When we start switching cases around, that's definitely moving the goalposts. I was talking specifically just about this this Tic Tac UFO incident. And there may be some other ones. The classic ones? and. Kurt, you're a bit of a UFO historian on this, so you know about trace evidence, the Cash Landrum case. I would call you a specialist in. We're not dealing with holograms in those cases. Yeah, when you when you do discuss a bunch of cases together, you know it, it does kind of cloud the issue. But the thing you were talking about about holograms and things like that, just let's say. Let's just you know consider that some cases could be from things like the military exercises. They, they certainly have some of these capabilities, and, and just seeing the effect of a magician on an audience, where you, where you're creating motion and multiple objects where they're really not there, just based on the, the audience's expectation. And you know, so some some UFO cases, and especially the mistaken identity cases, rely on this sort of thing. You know, sometimes we're pretty bad witnesses. We jump to conclusions. This can be exploited on an enemy if you wanted to. I mean, that and, and that's that's part of what the radar spoofing is about. And and you know, if you've seen an aircraft and there's a radar signal, you know, maybe it's the same thing, maybe it's not. And, you know, the military has exploited the UFO um, UFO reports in, in the past, at least in a um, passive way, where if, if, if a secret military plane was seen, they don't claim credit for it. They just, you know, that must be a UFO. And, they, you know, they just hold silent on it. So they're they're glad for that to be a mistake, particularly in cases where they're sending uh, a spy plane in, across another nation's border. They don't they don't want to create an international incident. So they'd much rather that be blamed on a on a UFO. Now, you sent us something here by email, which I think is very important because we look at what's happening now. The Tic Tac UFO, the Pentagon UFO project, all painted as something that was never done before. The government never investigated UFOs before. Suddenly they became interested at the urgings of Harry Reid back in the early 2000s, and they forget the past. And what happened with the old ufology? I mean, even 22 million. And, you know, it's, it buys 10 toilet seats. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Kurt and I and yourself, Gene, I mean, we, we came 
into ufology, looking at what was going on in in the golden age, so to speak. So we know about it. Why don't the rest? Why doesn't the rest of the world know about it? I mean, when we can look up this information, go to the the documents that have been released from the Air Force. They were the ones who really started investigating it in the early days. They came up with all sorts of reporting methods, and they're the ones that invented the term UFO. So, you know, why? I, I'm kind of curious too. Why did they just want to set that all all that aside? Why do you think, Kurt? We have about 40 seconds before the break. Go ahead, Kurt. Then we'll pick up. Go ahead. There, there, there's a lot of history and we were seeing some, some similar things too. There's some, there's some military cases and we don't have transparency on them. Um, but, you know, without looking at the past, you know, we can't evaluate what's going on now. Well, it's a matter also of those who ignore our past history are doomed to repeat it and all those cliches. Okay. We have Curtis Collins joining us. And of course he is, I don't know what, I guess one of the best specialists in looking at the past of ufology, relating it to the, the current situation with Jeannie Randall. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. We've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? 
GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com, keyword antibacterial, or call 877-878-4203. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, I opened up or closed up the previous segment with my comment, those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it. So, Kurt Collins, does that mean that if we assume they're putting aside what happened, that they're going to screw things up again? Now, remember also, UFO or UFO is gone by the wayside. The new term is UAP. Uh, Well, it's... Not so new, though. You look at some of the old uh, military documentation, and they were using a similar phrase, uh, identified uh, aerial object or phenomenon. So this is not so new. And and I think that just I think there could be better terminology, but anything you use, you're going to have to say you know, UFO, and you're still going to have to bring that that term in the, in the conversation. But I will say one thing that, that's confusing about it. If you look at the, the Navy releases, they're using the term UAP interchangeably with a drone of unknown origin. That's not what we're really talking about. You know, I guess a drone can be something of an unidentified flying object, but it's not a, it's not the ones that that really matter. Well, definitely, because, I mean, when we go back to the original USAF definition for UFO, unidentified aircraft were to be excluded from the set that they were looking to investigate for UFOs. Even if you didn't know what it was, if you could tell it was some kind of an aircraft, a helicopter, an airplane, something you'd never seen before, but just an aircraft, that was not considered to be a UFO. It's an area of military concern, but not what Project Blue Book was set up for. 
Definitely not. And they excluded virtually every known natural and man-made object, including aircraft, even things that could be maybe mistaken to have been aircraft. They said, okay, well, we're just going to reject those reports. So the real mysterious ones are only ones that are something extraordinary or out of this world. Only they couldn't say that. They couldn't say, look, we, we're investigating alien craft. They needed to keep that sort of hush-hush. But when you look at all of the exceptions, they don't leave room for anything else. Currently, I guess the impression that's being created to some people is that a UAP, what they're talking about is to be sure something is not impacting our national security, which implies something altogether different than some kind of alien craft. They're still looking at maybe it's a foreign invader. Maybe the Russians are sending drones to us or something. Exactly. And I, and I think, Kurt, you'd probably agree that, that this is a military angle. They're looking for, okay, uh, do we need funding to be able to better detect things like drones or foreign aircraft or things that are not necessarily of alien origin? If they're looking at real-world military, they're going to have a reason to get money. That's, that's true. And Oh, boy. I was looking at, at, at an old newspaper story back in 1947 in, in July. Orville Wright, who should need no introduction, one of the two brothers that, that flew, the, you know, gets credit for flying the first airplane. Well, you know, so he's uh, this this was a year before his death when the flying saucer phenomenon hit. And he thought it was uh, warmongering propaganda. You know, it was something to promote war, to keep the military budget good. And and he had, uh, he discussed where he had talked with a, a British comrade who was uh, in the military. I forget his rank, but he was he was kidding him about how some of the reports of of uh, of airships and aircraft during World War One were spurious and that they were basically created for a similar purpose. Now, I think he might have gone overboard with that, you know, um, but his his thought was this was all created to perpetuate the military effort. And this current portrayal of UFOs, it, the, the threat element has really been oversold by a certain television show and a f- certain entertainment company, and, and certainly it gets attention. You know, if there is something there, it needs to be paid attention to for a lot of reasons. Um, the threat, the possibility of a threat is is there, but I think it's rather low. I think the scientific curiosity should be the chief reason it's pursued. The thing I wonder here, though, Kurt, looking at all this stuff, relating it to the past and everything and the new enthusiasm about UFOs. Is anything going to change? Well, let's hope that some technology brings some answers. And even if, you know, and it's the it's so disappointing that in the case of these these videos that we have, that these um, the objects are so far away and indistinct that we that we can't tell anything from these these videos that have been, you know, touted as 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 evidence. but the military has the best potential with the range of technology available in multiple types of sensors and everything. But they're also the least likely to share it. So that's 
that's that's always going to be a problem. I mean, the military is secret secretive about everything, not just the UFO topic. So it's very difficult to get any, anything out of them. And some of these independent efforts, so there's there are people that are launching satellites and monitoring the skies and cameras and things like that. So you know, some of that should produce some material to work with. But you know, I'm I'm convinced that there's always going to be if um, if there was a um, a UFO crash retrieval and we got everything from it and and could trace it back to the planet of origin, you know, the most extreme situation, that wouldn't solve every other UFO report. There's going to still be some mysteries out there. Uh, there may be even multiple causes. I know you've had uh, 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 Colonel John Alexander on the show before, and he's, he says, well, when you talk about UFOs, what kind? Because there's all sorts of things from, you know, phantom lights to, you know, the, these, the things that basically are unidentified aircraft to these things that just behave in a phenomenal way, you know, uh, outflyer aircraft, you know, they're reported by serious people. So, but yeah, so so I think we may solve some more, we may get some solid data, but we're never going to have all the answers. I wonder also by all this publicity mentioning the Navy, you create a black hole into which to toss UFO or UAP evidence. So that way nothing will come out except photos that are too blurry to recognize and that diverts one's attention from what's really going on of course that may be something that's happened all along in the ufo field where conventional craft test craft false sightings maybe not just by jim mosley and gray barker but by others to divert our attention in such a way that the ufos could be doing their thing the government can be investigating whatever that is, but they do enough to keep the public satisfied, to mollify the public so they won't bother them. Just like we have all these revelations about exoplanets. Well, okay, we can now say in 10, 20 years, we'll confirm that E.T. can come here because they exist. And how does that relate anyway to whether they are here now? Kurt Collins, Gene Steinberg. Jay Randall Murphy, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNlife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNlife.com or 844-443-6637. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203.
USA Radio News with Wendy King. Washington State has reported the first U.S. coronavirus fatality. The person who died was a patient at Evergreen Hospital who had underlying health conditions. It was a male in his 50s. Dr. Jeff Duchin is the public health officer for King County in Seattle. Two other cases are linked to a long-term care facility. One is a health care worker from Life Care. She's a woman in her 40s. She's in satisfactory condition at Overlake Hospital, and she has no known travel outside of the U.S. The second case is a woman in her 70s, a resident at Life Care, the long-term care facility, and is in serious condition at Evergreen Hospital. Several people associated with that facility now also have serious symptoms. In a White House news conference, President Trump said they're doing everything they can to stop the spread of the virus. This is USA Radio News. Are you struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And the Affordable Care Act guarantees coverage of substance abuse. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. Is your child defiant, independent, annoyingly inquisitive? After a long, hard day of following the rules, who wants to deal with troublesome kids? 49% of children suffer from Oppositional Defiant Disorder, or ODD. Symptoms of ODD include independent thought, rampant creativity, and failure to submit to authority. But now there's a solution. The good people at Pilfer can help you with their time-release, once-daily capsule, Compliacin. Your child won't be able to form his own opinions, let alone express them. It maintains your child's ability to go to a state-run school and perform simple tasks around the house. You won't have to worry about parenting, and the school won't have to deal with your kid asking questions. Compliacin. You'll go from this. To this. Good morning, Mother. I love going to school. And this week we're learning all about how the government is our federal family and they're here to help us. Compliacin. Talk to your school psychiatrist and ask for it by name. This is Big the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. So what do you think, Kurt Collins, misdirection, all this new stuff? Well... Even if it's not intended to be, some of it is because uh, now the UFO sightings that have, have uh, surfaced, the mil- the Navy ones, uh, the 2004 cases, the more recent ones, 2014 or 15, those are those are pretty interesting. But for the most part, they've been packaged by the people who announced them, which was the To the Stars Academy, and a lot of people have they. 
you know, it, it's like, well, any, any store can sell cornflakes, but it's like associating <laughs> cornflakes with that particular store. And, and, you know, it needs to be evaluated separately. And, and that and then, of course, the UFO program, which, which is uh, ATIP, which has been associated with this. And so there's been a lot of drama about, well, what was ATIP? Who knew what? How big was it? Did, were they really a UFO program? That's a distraction in a way, because those are getting us, you know, we're interested in details. We're getting more information, but not so much about UFOs. It's about the policy procedures, the way the government handles it and investigates it. Um, so a distraction in that sense. I like what you had to say about John Alexander there, too. Uh, and of course, he was a specialist uh, in the military for psyops operations and he describes how misdirection and myth is has been used by the military in real operational situations so it's not too far-fetched to think that well okay we've got the ability to be able to create this illusion uh it could serve us very well on the battlefield i mean if you can imagine you you're sending a a fighter group into hostile territory and the enemy sees you coming and then all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of other fake stuff they'd have to contend with that could really confuse them a lot it would be really really effective and if it was good it wouldn't be the kind of thing that they'd want to advertise out in the open you know john alexander his um, his specialty was the non-lethal weapons and some of those were some pretty weird things that you know some people want to jump to uh, mind control but there were things that were um you know intended to uh cause pain from a distance mental confusion and things like that and you know if if you had basically a magician producing a show and then you had these sensations together with it i mean that would totally disorient an enemy and if they were in a in a plane or you know tank you know even more so well yeah i mean if it can just dis- put it think of it this way this was a training exercise the perfect time to test something like this out if it can disorient your own people with some of the best equipment on the planet what's it going to do for the enemy right well, that is that is interesting, and some of the if reading the transcripts of the of the Nimitz, uh, the statements from the witnesses, uh, they uh, they even speculated: is this a blue on blue, you know, exercise where you know, so so there was there was some suspicion at the time that this might be the case, and as you say, this was an exercise, and it was known that the uh, the the planes were unarmed. So there wasn't a there wasn't a chance of, of that. So, but it it um with the capable personnel involved, the millions of dollars of equipment, you do have to question the wisdom of the command to to put these people. You know why aren't they doing this in a simulator? I mean they have to be really confident that nothing's going to go wrong to to do this. I mean this wasn't remember these exercises were not. You know, in aviation terms, we're not that far from off the coast. So, you know, if something had horribly gone wrong, they could have come back ashore and, you know, crashed, possibly injured civilians. So I don't know. You know, I have to you know, we have to consider these possibilities, but I don't I don't think that it's extremely likely. Well, you have to remember, too, our government. I don't think any government is capable of contingency planning. It's always going to be after the fact. 
if something happens, they may go into this with various motives. Maybe also, like James Carrion suggested with the ghost lights back in World War II and the Roswell incident, it's a deception designed to spook the Russians. And now, of course, we ought to be concerned more about the Russians because we have all these issues with regard to election interference. And if they're interfering with elections and they want to mess us all up, what else could they be doing? Did, um, have you talked about the, the recent article by uh, Tim McMillan on, uh, on ATIP? Um, he was... Um, he he came out with some documents, you know. So, so have you discussed that? No, do tell. Let's uh, let's okay. chat about that because okay. I, I I've I'm uh, you know, there's only only so much homework you can do. There's so much out there. So this is why we love having you on is to just bring up this stuff that yeah you know, we haven't necessarily heard before. Okay, well his his article was uh, inside the Pentagon secret UFO program. And, you know, the article was a little, it was a pretty long article and it had some, some kind of spy type stuff and melodrama with him talking to anonymous sources and things like that. But some, some serious things did come out of this. One of them was, um, there was a, he was able to see and, and photograph bits of the, uh, Bigelow airspace, um, Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, BASS, they, they were the contractor for the ATIP program. Well, it was, it was OSAP at that time. And, and one of the things they did was they, they sanctioned these, they contracted these 38 reports. And uh, they also, and this is something we hadn't heard about before, or specifics on it. There was a 494-page hardback report from, from Bigelow's company and had uh, apparently it was you know, pictures, graphs, you, you know, information on on their UFO studies. There was a section on Skinwalker Ranch, you know, and those are you know, we don't know much more specific specific about it than that. Um, so the uh, one of the arguments going back and forth is was a tip a UFO program or was the UFO part? You know, that theoretical and and this this only proves that Bigelow produced UFO material, not that that's what he was asked to do. But nevertheless, you know, here's some UFO material at last that that's come out of this. And and the other thing was, those reports I mentioned, um, uh, McMillan got a PDF copy of, of one that had not previously been released. Uh, a longtime UFO um, um, buffs will recognize the name Dr. Christopher Kit Green. You know, he's been associated. Oh, yeah. Sure. So he's been associated with the, you know, the so-called aviary and you know, medical programs. He was he was involved. One of the things people may have heard about when um, um, the uh, oh, now I'm going to blank on his name, but the, the guy from um, the Bennett Waters case. Uh, Bennett was? No. Um, Bennett Waters. You're talking, about, of course, that one. Um, oh, okay. There are several so, people that we've had. John Burroughs? Well, I feel dumb for Burroughs or Pennison, whichever one had the medical condition recently. Well, well Burroughs had the one where he was fighting to get the government to pay for his condition. And this is well, something we did then. several shows on. We even had a lawyer on. We had Nick Pope on. So we covered this extensively. In fact, 
one of the times we had Burroughs on the Paracast, he was basically in our studio or in my home office right next to me doing the show. And we got a chance to see him, see him in action, talk to him. And whatever we think about Bentwaters, whatever we think about that case, I can say this guy seems sincere. He seemed honest. And I think that's more than sufficient for me to say that something happened to him. I don't know. But I also thought about test aircraft for that, too. Some kind of nuclear propulsion like Cash Landrum could have been something of that nature. We've got a lot more to come. And we're looking at a gentleman here who knows how to follow UFO history and its meaning. Kurt Collins. I'm Gene. He's Randall. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Mortgage rates have dropped 25%, the lowest mortgage rates in years. So maybe you should drop everything and call Zoom Refi. Refinance your home now and slash your mortgage payments. Take cash out and save maybe hundreds of dollars every month. Zoom Refi mortgage rates are super low. Zoom Refi closing costs are super low. And Zoom, we approve you right over the phone, even for no income check loans. Big drop in mortgage rates. Big opportunity for you to save money. Call Zoom Refi. 
apply today. 888-291-9729. 888-291-9729. Save on mortgage payments. Save on closing costs. Call Zoom Refi. 888-291-9729. Advertising by marketing entity Zoom Refi. Zoom Refi is not a bank or financial company. Calls and other inquiries may be forwarded to third-party lenders who are solely responsible for reviewing, approving, and servicing any loan. Zoom Refi is not affiliated with any state or federal agency and does not provide mortgage advice or help. No income check loans are for investment properties only and income must be sufficient to service debt. I'm here with Scott Uceum, founder of OMG Tax. Tell us how your company helps our listeners out there who have a problem with the IRS. My team of lawyers, enrolled agents, and licensed tax experts remove wage garnishments sometimes in the same day. We even have reduced the total debt some of our clients were required to pay through what is known as an offer in compromise. Can you give us an example of somebody you help? Oh, can I ever. We have taken a $500,000 liability with the IRS Guess what? The client didn't pay a dime through the representation known as non-collectible status with the government. If you owe the IRS more than $10,000 and you want to see if it's possible to pay a lot less, call OMG Tax right now for a free tax-saving consultation. Call 800-486-8112. 800-486-8112. 800-486-8112. That's 800-486-8112. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, did I illuminate anybody by what I was talking about, Bent Waters? You did, because it, it was Burroughs, and it was in his case that Dr. Kit Green came forward on his behalf, obtained the the medical records that he needed, and he's the one that obtained the the clearance for his uh, medical care. Okay, so this was not part of the ATIP program, but I just wanted to reference what Kit Green did and, and the fact that he's you know, his, he's a physician. Well, he, he was contracted to write one of these these papers for, for Bigelow on behalf of, of OSAP. And it was, um, oh, it has a long title here. Let's see. Uh, Clinical, medical, acute, and subacute field effects on human, dermal, and neuro, neurological tissues. Well, you wouldn't think from the title that that was about UFOs, but it, it was a uh, an overview of the literature of UFO uh, exposure, you know, causing injuries to humans. So his paper was on that. It was delivered to Bigelow. Bigelow delivered it to the program that eventually became known as ATIP. So this is only one of those 38 papers. Most of them were about war, aviation, theoretical futures, wormholes and warp drives and you know, physics and things. But this one particular paper, we you know, we have a copy of now, and you can say, well, this was about UFOs. So so that that was Tim McMillan's article in, in um, Popular Mechanics, came up with this this report, the Bass report and the, the study by Dr. Kit Green. So we can say at last, okay, here's some UFO stuff out of this, besides these videos that we can't be sure are connected. That added some meat to it. He he also had one other thing. There had been controversy because the Pentagon had recently stated that um, uh, Luis Elizondo was not um, in charge of the ATIP program. And so that was confusing because that's the whole 
reason he became a UFO celebrity is because of that. So Macmillan had, and again, some his this material was furnished to him by anonymous sources, and he also had some anonymous. Um, it was it was a redacted email that he showed, and it it seemed to support Elizondo's leadership role in ATIP. So that um, that material uh, was not something that the Pentagon was ready to address, and and as a result of the article. It's interesting now that we, you know, we don't have a UFO desk at the Pentagon exactly like we did way back in Project Blue Book. However, there's a particular person, Susan Gao, is the Pentagon's designated. She's actually been referred to as UAP, and she handles the matter. So she's the, I don't know if, if she's the official, but, you know, she in effect is the UAP spokesperson of the Pentagon. She responded to this and she said that the Pentagon will be issuing an update to previous statements about ATIP. And so, you know, people are waiting now for that. It's like, well, they've had some conflicting statements in the past since the initial news came out. They've changed uh, spokespersons. This, we're on our third one now. There was one. That, <laughs> there was one that left under a political scandal yeah. unrelated. I, I'm to with Gene. Are we ever going to know? I, you know, I'm beginning to wonder, I think you're on to something there, Gene. I, I don't I don't think they're ever going to really tell us what's really going on or give us the whole full story. You know but, what? When it comes, though, to Elizondo, what his position was, was he just the office boy or something? Was he the spokesperson? Was he the leader? And we have contradictory messages. And that's designed to do one thing, just to cause Conflict. That's all. Or the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. But I think if we focus on that, we avoid the big picture. I think it stands to reason that he was associated in some capacity. Nobody's stopping him from talking about it. And let's move on. There, there were a couple of things that, that I left out that I need to go back to. Now, now on that report I was telling you about, the, those studies the 38 studies, those sort of became the property of the Pentagon. However, this book from from Bass, Bigelow's company, had, had something stamped on every page of it saying that it was the property of the company. It was proprietary information. And um, I, that's there was a quote here from the article. The material from the report, it, report is commercial and confidence. Well, what that means to us that is uh, legally exempt from Freedom of Information Act requests. So, in effect, since it's a Bigelow's file on UFOs, you can't have it. Right. But, I mean, anyone who know, has been into UFOs for a while knows that Bigelow has been interested in UFOs. For quite some time. Uh, he was networking with MUFON for a while. He has had a UFO experience himself. He's definitely interested in them, and he believes they are real. So that's pretty interesting. And he's also really, really rich. So he can afford to do these types of studies. And it, it would be kind of interesting to know what more he's got. I mean, we've heard uh, you know, rumors of metamaterials and that sort of thing, but we still really don't know for sure what he's got. Yeah, and it's it unless he chooses to share, we never will. Going back to the Bentwaters thing, where you, when you guys were talking about there, uh, just uh, not long ago in the forum, someone posted uh, – 
an article, and I think this has been floating around for a while, but that uh, what was recovered or seen was actually the, an Apollo return module recovery exercise. And I, I'm not sure if you guys were aware of that, but uh, apparently they did these exercises for recovering the Apollo retur return module uh, back in the day. And it, and it looks kind of like a little saucer. It's just uh, basically the nose cone of the rocket that comes back. And so someone was saying that that's what it was. That, that case is so, uh, I consider, hopelessly polluted. The, uh, the the first person to come up and speak about it was Larry Warren. And, and apparently his material is so bad. The uh, uh, Peter Robbins, the, uh, the, the author that had, had covered his story and wrote his book, he's disavowed it and distanced himself from it. You know, and he spent years representing him. So and that, that's been a mm -hmm. really messy story. Um, so... You had, well, I mean, we can, he's apparently was a fraud and had told all these lies. Now, his story was so different from the others, too, though. I mean, he was he was claiming, claiming direct alien contact and, right. and things that, that no one else was saying. So um, that's why I tend to go with sort of more the more original stories that were coming out, like back when Timothy Good was writing about it in uh, Above Top Secret. And I mean, there's a couple of cases in there that Don Ecker has pointed out uh, are, they came from someone who basically fabricated them. But the, the Bentwaters ones, there was a lot of radar contacts that were going on and sightings prior to that particular event that were going on as well. This seemed to be pretty legit. You know, I wanted to just intercept something here. We had Timothy Good on the show, and one of the things that bothers me above publishing material that's possibly fabricated is that he became a full believer in George Adamski's contact claims. Holy he lost me at that. And even if he had good material in his book, that was it for me. Well, yeah, I, I think there, there are a number of, of ufologists that if, if you dig deeply in the spectrum of things that they cover, you're going to find some clunkers. But there's there's a lot with him. There are a lot of uh, he supports a lot of the uh, the, the contactee people. And, and I, I'd studied one case and I wrote to him about this, by the way, uh, Carol Wayne Watts in Texas. And his is really interesting because he had seen um these these aliens with, you know, four feet tall, gray, white skin, wraparound eyes. It sounded great. It was almost a perfect step between um, Betty and Barney Hills, the the, the aliens that, that described in that story. And then the, the, the grays that we've, you know, the, the more popular version that came a bit later. It was almost like an evolutionary step. Well, the thing was, the the the, the, the this. Um, this was a he was a cotton farmer in Texas. He was really trying to, to promote his story, sell it to Life magazine. He had pictures and he was uh, almost harassing uh, Dr. J. Allen Hynek. And uh, one of the things Hynek said, well, if you want to do to um, demonstrate your credibility, get a lie detector test. Well, so the the uh, the guy took him up on it and he, he just failed dismally and uh, <laughs> it was he was he was exposed and then he goes on and he says well yeah i you know this this story was if he basically admitted it was all made up i'll tell you what that is good enough because we have very few of these people ever admitting 
that they faked it all. We've got more with Kurt, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. I don't even recognize myself anymore. I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. Hey, look, I I never wanted to start using. I I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I, I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through. This has to stop. I'm losing everything. Everyone. You've been strong your whole life. You can do this, but you have to reach out for help. It's time. I can do this. Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment. Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-377-1456. 800-377-1456. That's 800-377-1456. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I wanted to also intercept, before you continue, Kurt, that Travis Walton purportedly, what, failed one of his lie detector tests? Oh, that's just like the third rail in ufology. If you attack Travis Walton, you'll be, you'll be hated. But he, he definitely, there's some problems with his story. Some of the medical evidence that doesn't support it. But his friends were there. They swear by his story. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll leave Travis alone. But, but back to this guy now, this Carol Wayne Watts. So he, he confessed his hoax. And then once he came back home, he claimed, well, he'd been shot out by, by the people that had made him lie. And he came up with this whole story and it was it just got worse and worse. My interpretation of the story was that his wife was probably a partner in the hoax. And that when he told her what had happened at the lie detector test, she told him to we'll take it all back. So he tried to salvage this story. It didn't work. It was a huge embarrassment and uh, to Dr. J. Allen Hynek. And he basically said you know, after this. People will think every UFO case is a fake. Well, no, it didn't really happen that way. People have a short memory. 
But we were talking about Timothy Good. Well, this is one of the cases Timothy Good believes in. And this one is such a terrible case. Uh, you know, the, the best thing out of it were a couple of blurry Polaroid snapshots, which if you look at your UFO history, there's lots of fakes on those. It's easy to double expose and, and things. So, well, while we're dumping on Timothy Good, they, he was one of the promoters <laughs> of the NJ-12 documents. He had right. a set of those documents sent to him. So, um, anyway, I, there, there are certain people, you know, Jim Mars presented a lot of questionable material. I think he was, you know, a lot of these people are sincere, but in digging so hard, I think that they get, they're going to come across some fool's gold now and then. Well, yeah, I mean, nobody's perfect. And I hear what you guys are saying about Tim Good, but when you go back to, uh, he, he took out some of the problems that were in Above Top Secret and republished it in a book called Beyond Top Secret. And it's really good. But then you you watch how they kind of slide. And at some point, it, you know, they jump the shark or go over the edge. What happens to people? How, do, how does a person who seems otherwise really responsible, he was working with QFOs, slide that far in, into the fringe, so to speak? Well, I'm going to sort of insult the Paracast in a way, but you've got to deliver a show week after week. Um, UFO Magazine has to fill an issue with a number of stories every time, and not that there's even anything in print anymore. And then a UFO television show or a, a, a UFO, um, you know, a, a conference. They've got to have, well, I, you would think they would have new speakers. It's the same ones over and over. And those those speakers, though, are they're under pressure to, to produce new material. There just aren't that many good cases. There aren't many good new developments. And, and some of them, you either have to rely on inferior material, and sometimes there's been a reliance on invented material. This is not strictly a, a problem for UFO research. You know, uh, uh, research scientists are also under pressure to produce. Anybody that's underproduced, re regular, there's been mainstream journalists that have been caught f faking interviews and things like that. So it, it's it's part part of the fact that the machine is is grinding product out, and you're under pressure to to produce or you lose your job. So, I mean, you mentioned the Paracast there, and I'm feeling that uh, with the show too. And I have really been trying a lot harder to be more emotionally intelligent with my guests instead of just outright saying, look, that's nonsense. Because if you don't treat your guests well, they simply just won't come back and you won't have a show. So I can appreciate what you're saying. How do you think we should solve that problem? I mean, do you think we should just, you know, out with it and go, oh, well, you know, if they don't, if they never come back, that's, that's too bad. Or how do we deal with that problem? Well, I think you have a range of people on with varying opinions. You know, you try to, you try to st stick to credible sources. You know, I, I, I don't listen to each and every show, so I can't, I can't say what, what you've had. You've, 
um, I know that you you had my uh, my friend Jim Mosley on, and he was a legitimate researcher, and he had also perpetuated some hoaxes. So if you if you cast him out for the hoaxes, you would never hear about the things that he did, particularly in the 1950s, where he was he was reaching people, and, you know, he was basically knocking on doors and and talking to witnesses, and he did some great field research. Uh, so I don't think that you should just avoid anyone that has uh, a um, black spot on the record. Well, in the case of Jim Mosley also, he owned up to the scams he pulled with Gray Barker. He confessed. And we set that aside. Certainly when he got into the saucer smear publication thing, he was doing it with a twinkle in his eye. But he was never less than factual or never less than trying to be factual. As you say, in the early years when he had Nexus, then Saucer News, the magazine sometimes was too dry and too serious. But if you looked at it as a good compendium of information about the UFO field and the personalities, there's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, Yeah, that's true. And, you know. I mentioned him just because he was he was someone who had a spectrum of credibility in a in a way. But no, I think that you've done done a pretty good job. Um, there's also I think there's also some value sometimes in getting someone who's talking about something controversial and then just hearing their side of it. You know, and sometimes it's going to fall apart. You know, I've heard some guests on on the show in the past do that. So, um, one of the things I I like to do, and and one of the things I'm trying to do is to look at ufology, and to to use one of the words you were using as as a spectrum, as a largely cultural phenomenon, where yes, we have these interesting, colorful personalities out there, and if we talk about them in a way that says, like, if we talk about, well, how does someone like Tim Good, you know, go out to the fringe? If we talk about the subject matter from an objective point of view, instead of from a believer's point of view, necessarily, then I think it's fair because we can look at it from a, from a more academic perspective that way, say, like Paul Kingsbury does. And we can go, yeah, it's colorful, it's ridiculous sometimes, but it's also sometimes very entertaining. And there really isn't anything wrong with any of that if it's taken in the proper context. Well, it's, 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 um, it's a fact that ufology is... Well, you know, it's kind of a bad term because it, it's meant to be the study of 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 UFOs. You know, it sounds like it's a, a, a um, we're on the uh, the verge of it becoming a real science. But as it's used, it in- includes conferences and UFO TV shows and books and everything. So it's also it's intermingled with the entertainment industry. And there's a certain segment that are. Um, not terribly concerned with just how truthful it is. And, and in, in some level, they're, you know, it, they're the same. Oh, I don't know, the same attitude or mindset that enjoys pro wrestling. You know, they want to show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and but I think that's also part of what makes it fascinating. And, and we had Bryce Zabel on not long ago. And of course, he's, you know, Hollywood film producer. And 
and who's produced some really good shows too. Very fictionalized, but thought-provoking and good entertainment. With Bryce, despite the fact that he produces sci-fi and other stuff that's fictional, he has a respect for facts. He worked as a CNN correspondent, and he really has a serious interest in UFOs. Kurt, Randall, Gene, you're in. The Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, May 29th to June 1st for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, an epic weekend of exploration into UFOs, ancient civilizations, crop circles, and so much more. Over 150 lectures, panels, workshops, and events with leading experts Paul Hellyer, Linda Moulton Howe, Nick Pope, Emery Smith, Stephen Greer, Russell Targ, Doc Wallach, Leslie Kane, and more. Get your tickets at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact. Contactinthedesert.com. Message and data rates may apply. Help. Seriously, I'm too young for hair loss. My hairline keeps creeping back. Receding? I've got this bald spot. Uh, it's thinning everywhere. I'm gonna have to give up and shave it. Dude, put down the razor. Because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, is about to give you your real hair back permanently. Don't ignore the signs of hair loss. Bosley is giving away an absolutely free information kit that reveals all the signs and a free gift card to anyone who texts KIT88 to 85850. Bosley will show you for free how great your hair could look. 
Using the latest technology, Bosley's solution to hair loss is permanent and protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Plus, since Bosley has new non-surgical options, you owe it to yourself to text now for an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off, no matter what level of hair loss you have. Text KIT88 to 85850. K-I-T-88 to 85-850. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Speaking briefly, of course, about Bryce Abel, and then, of course, he does those alternate histories, you know, the one about the Beatles and JFK that are fascinating. Oh, yeah, I love that stuff. So, yeah, so long as it's all taken in the proper context, uh, there's there's no reason that sociology can't be also part of ufology. It can work. It's just in how we deal with it. Well, that's, that's true. And it, it's fascinating to, to look at some of the experiences of, of people who... Yeah, I'm, I'm not so interested in abduction, especially the, the kind of abduction reports that are indistinguishable from dreams. You know, someone was taken in their bed, they returned to their bed, there's no physical evidence, and all you've got is their story and their feelings. Uh, and there's some other cases, though, where, where it, it's a lot more compelling than that. And these people have, they have they've had some kind of experience. You know, it's a matter of it's a matter of belief, though. And it, you may have a person who has, what if a, a brain circuit misfired and gave them this experience? Nevertheless, it's real to them, and it, it, it's interesting to see how that changes them. Um, you can't take that and, um, well, you know, Project Blue Book would never wanted to deal with that sort of thing. But from a sociology point of view, you know, what what is this? Well, it may be more for a religious scholar, but that's worth considering. And, you know, how does this compare with, well, with a better documented experience? Not that, you know, there, we have many of those, but uh, do you understand what I'm saying? There's, oh, there's, yeah. there's some value in do. it. Yeah, I, I kind of like to be that sort of, as skeptical as I am, I still like to be that sort of glass half full person, more of an optimist. I look at the field as, colorful, interesting, informative. And so long as you can separate out the, the fact from the fiction and you you can get a lot out of it, it's just it's just a wonderful field. I'm just as fascinated now as I was with it when I was a kid. Because there are so many interesting things that come out of it. One of the, the problems that we have is you know, I mentioned about how there was this need to produce, and there's the entertainment aspect of it wants wants to turn these figures into celebrities, particularly the witnesses. And 
a person that comes forth, it's happened over and over since the forties, someone comes forward with the story. They have all this unwanted attention. There's ridicule, there's jokes and things like that. And it's, you know, they, now the hoaxers, they actually want this attention. Of course they do. (laughs) I mean, well, see, (laughs) but but how are we, how are we to know? How are we to separate? And I've kind of thought, well, when in, in a medical study, they take the data about the person, but they protect the person's identity. Now, now see this, this would, this would starve the hoaxers. And, you know, you may still get some polluted data, but, you know, what if we start treated, treating the, the witnesses on that basis where an anonymity was the rule? And, you know, if somehow, you know, there would be rare exceptions. Hopefully, if there was a, a military pilot that was involved in a case and they chose to come forward, that would be something, you know, they you could, you could say that the, the, their institution is going to offer some protection and things like that. Oh, but, sure. I mean, when uh, when you see the interview with David Fravor from this Tic Tac UFO incident, he comes across as very credible. He, it doesn't seem like he's trying to create any cult of personality around himself. Certainly not like Elizondo and the To the Stars Academy people. Pilot. I mean, we're talking about a you know a group leader like off the aircraft carrier was flying these machines, saw this thing with his own eyes. That's pretty credible stuff. But but just think, when was the last time you heard about that? And you go back to the 40s and 50s, uh, not so much the 60s, but there were people that uh, airline pilots, military pilots, you know, we had we had their names, their, their record. Well, it, it was bad for their careers. They stopped talking about it. And I think there's no telling how many UFO reports we've never received as good or better than anything we've ever heard of. And it's quiet because they, they didn't want, they didn't want their family bothered, didn't want their, their jobs ruined, their, their career. Uh, I, I think that that's a real problem. And, you know, it, it's, and that's the only solution I've been able to think of is this medical model. Now, you know, in, in journalism, when you have, you know, I was talking about Tim McMillan's anonymous sources, and that's problematic because that's overused, particularly in some, some, uh, unscrupulous UFO um, researchers where you just you need to produce evidence. You have a whistleblower. You know, it's really dramatic. But mm-hmm. in, in journalism, there's a standard where uh, usually you have an ed- editor or two. You know, you, they know the identity of the witness. The, the material is checked out. You know what? There, what there's usually it's a it's not as an extreme example as as a as a UFO report. Usually it's something about you know like a like a government paper or some procedure or something they can track. So I mean there's there's a way to verify the material beyond just the person's identity. But nevertheless, the editor has that information. They they protect it and. The writer has the editor's backing. So if there was some kind of model like that for the UFO um, witnesses, I think that they would be a whole lot more comfortable knowing that there was there was a system to protect their identity and that they're not going to be lumped in with a lot of uh, disreputable reports. Yeah, uh, NARCAP does a lot of that, actually. So they're you know, they're they are focused mainly on pilots, pilot sightings. So, and they have anonymous reporting and they have a lot of case files too. And, but I I, kind of question, do we really, how many more case files do we need? We've already got garages full of case files that are 
you know, starting to decompose because nobody's had the time to get to them and pull them out and, and collate them and analyze them and catalog them. Uh, we already know that alien visitation is real. Exactly where they're coming from, under sea, another dimension, another star system, interstellar, we don't know for sure. But I think anyone that does enough research and reading and has sifted out all of these things that we're talking about, the, the disreputable from the reputable, knows something is going on. Do we really need the government to tell us now? What do you think about this whole disclosure thing? Is Stephen Bassett right? Are we? Is 2020 going to be the year? <laughs> oh, boy. So you, you've got a little more confidence in, 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 in the nature of, of, of what UFOs might be than I do. I have a lot of uncertainty about that. And I think there's a, spec, a spectrum of things. I keep using that word. But there, there, are, there are definitely some mistaken uh, reports, some false reports. There, there's a genuine signal out there somewhere. And you're right. We do have a, a number of those. Unfortunately, there's so many of them are ambiguous. But there, are, you can you can you can put together at least ten or twenty of ones that say, okay, these were serious people. They saw this. Here's the military involved. There's there's equipment and everything. So that's enough to keep it all going. Let's keep going right now with Kurt, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. With more people listening to radio than visit Google, Facebook, or YouTube, from the very young to the very old, everyone listens to radio. Pillow companies, alarm, identity theft, nutrition, insurance, banking, automotive, the list goes on and on. Billion-dollar businesses. Why? The answer is radio, the media everyone tunes into. Find out how effective and affordable radio can be for your business. Contact 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. We have Oregon's first case of the COVID-19 coronavirus. That's Oregon Governor Kate Brown. Health officials there in California and in Washington state are worrying about the coronavirus after states are now reporting presumptive cases of three people who've been infected by unknown means. The patients, including a high school student in Washington and an elementary school worker in Oregon, had no known close contact with a traveler or infected person. There are two similar cases in California. A 65-year-old woman who lives in Santa Clara County, just south of San Francisco. Dr. Sarah Cody is the director of the Santa Clara County Health Department. The individual is an adult woman with chronic health conditions who is hospitalized for difficulty breathing. This is USA Radio News.
Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month? What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power and Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. We promise. So if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. That's 800-941-3381. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, The Gold Standard of Paranormal Radio. We're talking here about focusing on a small number of cases that prove it, and stop talking about Roswell and MJ-12, actually, Kurt. What do you think? And the word disclosure was mentioned. Okay, there's so much of what people are asking for in relation to the government is more than what the the government, they don't have what people want. They don't have, I don't believe, they have conclusive proof. They don't have documents showing that there's a treaty with alien this or that, or, you know, the blue avians or any anything like that. What, the, what they have is, you know, a number of mysteries. So it's it, so much of this deals in a matter of belief you know, the government is supposed to keep out of matters of religion, and this comes awfully close to that. So I don't think, uh, and the government is not, are they, I guess, you know, they would interfere in, in citizens' lives in, in certain ways, like with the FDA and regulating and drugs and purity of food and things like that. But as far as it is something like this, they're not supposed to be determining scientific fact and 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 telling you what to think. So I think it would be great if they encourage scientific research, but I don't think we should determine. Uh, we don't need a minister of truth telling us what to believe and what not to believe. Yeah, oh, definitely. Like, uh, we have people like Stephen Greer, who is, he wants to see the disclosure thing, and he's got this whole model of what 
the aliens are and what they're like and everything that goes along with him and his particular belief system. I think Christopher O'Brien used to say, uh, he used to call it a cult of personality where he's made it into his business to be this ufology personality. Uh, that's, I, I, I have to agree with you there. There's, there's, that's problematic. I think someone like Stephen Bassett, who's just been at it year after year after year trying to get the truth out, actually deserves some respect for that, which is different. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, we were talking about choosing some dud cases. That's that's happened again and again, you know, where he's gotten a, a, a witness and given him a platform that wasn't so credible. And he's even I think he admitted on the show once that he had, didn't have time to to vet all these people. And, you know, that's that's unfortunate. I think the cause is good. It's it's going to be imperfect. I think you probably get an advocate for for any group and you're going to have some an extremists and some people, with some unpleasant characters. But I think, you know, so separate the, the idea. So, you know, I, I admire that he's pushing for more information. But the the absolute goal of having the government admit and acknowledge the extraterrestrial presence, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think you and they've admitted since the 1940s, you know, sometimes very explicitly, you know, here are cases that are unknown that we cannot explain. You know, they basically acknowledge that there's a phenomenon, but. And and they also don't deny the fact that there's extraterrestrial, the possibility of extraterrestrial life. And, you know, it's unexplored and it's probably out there somewhere. You know, they want to say that, yes, that's what this is. You know, they're, they're leaving that possibility open. And I think that's all they're ever going to be able to do. And less some movie type scenario, you know, comes comes true in real life. You know, like District 19 or something where some, you know, craft comes down and there's no way anyone can deny it anymore. There's a District 9, which was it? I forget exactly. You know the movie I'm talking about? Where the- oh, yeah. And, you know, what if some other, what if it's more like, um, what if it's another movie instead? You know, what if it's uh, more like Stargate and portals are opening and aliens are coming to, you know, so. Or the day the a- earth stood still or something. You know? Yeah. I mean, it'd be it- pretty hard for people to deny that at, at that level. But, but I mean, th- then again, the individual witness, I'm a big proponent for the individual witness because I don't believe everybody is hoaxing. I think hoaxes, forget the Internet these days, but hoaxes from real witnesses who are sincere about their stories. There's just too many of them out there to think that it's all fabrications and misperceptions. We're talking thousands and thousands of people. I'm included in that set. There's no way I think anyone can explain the thing I saw. I'm, I'm not sure if we've ever asked you if you've had an experience of your own, Kurt. Um, I have. I've seen a few things that were UFOs to me at the time. And the, the one that, that's kind of puzzled me, you know, one. Well, the first one was the. The, the you know grabbed me the most and it was like like a uh, the afternoon sun a flaming cigar kind of thing well basically as it turned out it was just the the fuselage of an aircraft catching the sun but it really had me going for a while um, and um, I've seen some other some lights but there was 
There was one a few years back. I was I was driving along the road. It was a, in the afternoon sun, and and I eventually decided that it must have been airplanes, distant airplanes near near an airport, and and I've kind of located the maybe the airport that it was, but. What they actually looked like, and the first thing I thought was, did they look? It looked like a cluster of like, oh, ten or twelve fireflies. You know, that's the way they seemed to move. I mean, it was, and and you know, this was this has been some time ago. I didn't have a camera. I didn't take detailed notes at the time. But my impression was that it was the flight was more. Well, it was. It wasn't so much like aircraft. And, and the fireflies is what mm. you know, the motion, you know, sort of a, almost almost a swarming or circling motion. So it reminds me of these kind of drone swarms people are reporting these days. Was it within uh, you know the last decade or so when these uh, re, you know remote control drone groups have uh, been out playing with them? Maybe uh, it is within the time period, but with the location, I mean, this wouldn't this wouldn't fit for anything like that. But it, it's interesting that you mentioned those because, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about the, the manipulation that can take place. Um, you know, we're, we're basically a magic act. These these drones, they there can I, I've seen videos of them where there were, you know, probably dozens, maybe hundreds of them that were that were flown in formation and i'm sure this is like some predetermined computer program doing it to do this so perfectly and they can form corporate logos and just you know anything christmas tree and so if if that was put to the purpose of fooling someone you could form a you know a big circular outline that resembles a ufo so the the potential is there now it's not gonna it's not going to be able to 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 go faster than a jet or anything like that but it could create an illusion particularly if you had a group of two of them and in and a, a widely you know in a big distance that's within viewing range you know one disappears the other one appears it's looked like it's a telebrand face right, right. yes yeah, so I, I see what you're saying yeah you could you could create the illusion with it i mean sure why not I mean, these days, how do you know? That's just the other thing is uh, it would have to be so good that you could literally go up and knock on the thing and 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 touch it and and go on board. And for the skeptics, they'd also need, you know, a trip to Zeta Reticuli to go along with it where they could experience the whole thing, because otherwise I don't think that they would believe it. And I, I don't blame people for disbelieving things these days because of that but your specialty and the thing that you seem to be most interested in not unlike myself is things that happened during the golden era of ufology 1947 to 57 so to speak so what are some of your favorite cases from back then you know what we'll have those favorite cases beginning in our next segment with kurt collins and he's explored a lot of it he's looked at the history of ufology, and a lot of that relates to what's happening today because things are repeating themselves, and I hope we start to learn from that. So it's Kurt, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. This is George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens, and we're proud to promote amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Visit GCNLife.com for products like Luminesse. The Luminesse Anti-Aging Skin Care Line restores youthful vitality and radiance to your skin, reducing the appearances of fine lines and wrinkles with stem cell technology. There's also Instantly Ageless, which works within two minutes, reducing under-eye bags, fine lines, wrinkles, and pores. 
Jeunesse has products to help you with how you look and feel in a very short time. Noble-nominated Dr. Vincent Jampapa has designed several products helping the body perform better. Jeunesse products have a 30-day money-back guarantee, and they're available up to a 25% preferred price discount. See all of the amazing Jeunesse products at GCNlife.com or call toll-free 1-844-443-6637. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Kurt was asked by Randall about some of his favorite classic cases. Kurt? I think probably my most favorite case is from April 1949, and it was was written up in Life magazine. And a lot of people won't recognize the name of the case or maybe even the saucer, but a dramatic depiction of it was put on the cover of, of Major Donald Kehoe's book, uh, Flying Saucers Are Real. And the, the way the story came out, there was this uh, Robert McLaughlin was a Navy commander at White Sands Missile Testing. And one of the people working there was um, and people mainly the people who know this this man's name, uh, C.B. Moore. They know him from his debunking work on Roswell, but he was a a. a General Mills um, employee launching balloons for the military for testing. So they're out there with equipment launching balloons with a team of, I think, five men. And so they've got this um, balloon up in the air. They're tracking it with the device, you know, looking through the, through the eyepiece. And uh, then they say, hey, what's this? And there was this, um, this object, which, you know, it, it was it may have been in the upper atmosphere. It was high. It was, it was I think, kind of yellowish and oval shape. And it, um, it just seemed to dip down and then, you know, move off at high speed. You know, the particular motions, I'm not, not sure, but it didn't, it didn't look like an aircraft and it wasn't one of their balloons. And, and they got a glimpse of it, a good look of it through, through the, the eyepiece there. And, you had a scientist, a, tri- a group of observers, and this wasn't a, you know, this wasn't one of those things. This wasn't a bird. It wasn't somebody else's balloon. You know, and, you know, there, there's the slightest possibility that it's like a bolide glancing off the atmosphere. I've heard that that explanation, but um, you, um, it, more himself. You know, it it was a it was a genuine it was a genuine sighting of something. He talked about it. He had an interest in in UFOs. Some, many of the other General Mills uh, engineers and and field operatives had also had similar sightings. And uh, you know, they spoke about this and were, were interviewed in, in the press. But initially, it it didn't. The story didn't come out. It was it was McLaughlin, the Navy commander. He was infatuated with the uh, the flying saucer mystery. Spoke to the press about it. They gave the details of the sighting, and, and later it was published in um, 
uh, Life magazine and, and C.B. Moore's name came out. So that was one of the and, and it was this case because, first of all, you had uh, a military officer uh, who had had his own sighting in addition to this. Now, he didn't witness this, but he he heard about it and had seen other things. Um, the credibility that this gave the topic that a scientist was involved, this really helped build the flying saucer acceptance as, as something, you know, scientifically backed, you know, without that story, uh, major Kehoe's story just kind of might have faded away, but this added some credibility to, to it all. So I think it was really pivotal. And I think it was a, a, a good signing besides. Uh, and also before 53 with the Robertson panel, there wasn't that uh, so much of the stigmatization. So it, it really was kind of a curiosity for a lot of people. The whole stigmatization came about after the Robertson panel with their recommendations to start ridiculing people, including pilots. So this is why I also love some of these early uh, cases that are like that as well. And when we were talking just briefly before the show, you were saying that back in those days, because this was... Uh, not long after World War II, you had uh, what were called ground observers who actually had training in identifying different kinds of things in the sky. That's that's true. And and later they had a ground observer corps in in the fifties. There were some good sightings that that came about as a result of that. And they, and they also eliminated a lot of things where they where they were able to to rule something out as a balloon or a air, you know stray aircraft or things like that so but the the ones that interest me the most are the 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 pilot sightings because they're up in the air above some of these other false suspects that sometimes get reported so and you know particularly the the people that have had military experience so they've they've seen uh um enough things not to be fooled by a trick trick of the light or or to see Venus and you know which does cause a lot of UFO reports but uh, yeah so these um, they, and oh by the way um, I've gone blank on his name he's come to okay Project Blue Book had uh, Edward Rupelt he had a signing of, of I don't know if they were calling them Foo Fighters when he saw it, but he he saw some of those. So you know that was that was interesting that he wound up investigating UFOs. That it was that it was common enough during uh, World War II that that he happened to have seen uh, those, and uh, you know he had real mixed mixed feelings about uh, about UFOs. He knew that I think he was kind of outraged that at some of the people promoting. Uh, you know Ray Palmer and, and George Adamski. He saw all these people as fakes and phonies that were they were basically trying to put something over. But he also had an insider's view of the military, and he knew how their bureaucracy and uh, resistance to ideas, and also the need to protect our own reputation, was causing some of these cases not to be very well investigated. It was more a matter of, you know, we've been given the job to investigate this. Let's come up with some answers. Let's close these files and keep the public calm and satisfied. Well, group held. He saw the estimate of the situation where their own engineers and military people who were evaluating all the sightings that did get into the investigative procedure, in other words, not the ones that got thrown in the trash, 
they concluded that these were probably something back in those days, they said interplanetary, uh, and the big theory was Venus. And of course, we today we know that that just isn't going to be the case. But still, for the for people who were genuine scientists, military engineers, to look at these cases and go, look, there's nothing that we can make that can do this. There's got to be from somewhere else. And that was an official estimate in the military that he saw. So uh, what more do we need when <laughs> I'm just like, this is back to the same question. If you look, we've already got the answer. We've been visited. Just We just don't know exactly from where yet. Some of those early cases so puzzling, too, because they involve formations of UFOs, large objects, brilliant, sometimes flaming, and the maneuvers, you know, and they don't even make sense as flying objects of any kind. You know, some of them were like disc-like, flipping end over end. You know, I think this is why some people, uh, you know, Kenneth Arnold, he came to the conclusion that that these were actually living creatures because, you know, they were basically flocking and the erratic movements and things. Now, I don't necessarily buy that, but um, it's, I don't know that they're necessarily spaceships. And, and some people have said that, uh, there, there's been the theory that that what, if they were spaceships, they're basically scout ships, and anything that travels interplanetary is larger. You know, basically the mothership idea. Right. So you know, yeah. and there's there's oh, there's a lot of uh, well, thought that's on what, that. That was Friedman's sort of take on the whole thing that they're interstellar. They come in uh, mothership, which has been reported, and then they have the uh, the little shuttlecraft that fly around, or the the probes that fly around and and do mapping or they're, they're essentially like drones. A lot of them probably don't even have occupants in them. And then you have people that, that believe they're, um, Vimanas from Atlantis. <laughs> so, well, that makes it. Wait, 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 wait. There are no Vimanas <laughs> from Atlantis. I'm, I'm, dis- I'm disappointed. Well, you know, now if we look at this, as far as the evidence that we can take to a scientist, there is equal evidence for the extraterrestrial origin and Vimanas. So, you know, what we what we have are observations for the most part. You know, we don't have a have a piece of one that's verified. There's a number of those that, that the this this metamaterial that you, you hear about. Usually it's things that it's without provenance, you know. Sometimes it was passed from researcher to researcher, or or sold from some guy to someone else. So there's some curious things, but there's there's nothing that we can really well, can really we, track. You know, there are lots of curious things, especially these announcements, which will attract your attention. With Gene Randall and Kurt, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have 
a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Extend your life with Extendovite. Extendovite really works. Just listen to what Wayne has to say. Extendovite. I have uh, been taking it for about two years, and I had uh, really bad heart palpitations. And since I've been taking it, I don't have any major episodes at all anymore. I'm 76 years old, and I still play competitive basketball. Well, of course, I've taken care of myself really good since I was 60, but... Um, Extendivite really helped the blood pressure, really helped the, I used to get really bad episodes of heart palpitations, just skipping beats and double beats. But also I wanted to tell you that I really appreciate your broadcast. They're just uh, really refreshing. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extend Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Parenthetically, guys, of course, there is this practice or procedure from the one, the only Kevin Randall, all about chasing footnotes. We have a lot of these cases published, which have based on another published version of the case, based on another version. And it's kind of sort of like you whisper a joke into somebody's ear, they whisper it into the next person's ear, and five generations later, there's no resemblance. And so when he traces some of these cases back to their source material, a lot of significant things may have changed. That's true. And anyone that tried to rely on my account of the C.B. Moore case, you know, I, I got the name. Of, I forgot the name of the equipment, you know, the, the the shape of the thing. I think, you know, in broad strokes, I got it there. But I wouldn't want that to be delivered in, in a court of law and say, you know, this is what happened. You know, it, it's close, but it's a representation of it. And and I know exactly what he's talking about, because it, say in the Cash Lantern case, there's um. The uh, there's a UFO in the road blocking, blocking the uh, their progress. It's flaming. They're afraid. They stop. Well, then when a different author comes to describe that, because we don't have a really good account from the witness, you know, it's like, why did you stop? What did you do? So sometimes it's like, well, they stopped paralyzed in fear. Okay. And Jerome Clark, he writes, well, they stopped and the road was, the, the ditches were too muddy and the road was too narrow to turn around in the dark. Another one comes and says, well, it was such a blinding light that uh, the driver was unable to see to to, to get away. You, what you ha- you're dealing with is this interpretation. And that's just one example now, you know, especially if you t- 
takes us over a whole story. And, you know, the, the cash landing case had a lot of the moving parts to it. You know, it, it just becomes multiplied and the more it's ma- repeated and magnified. You're pretty much an authority on that case, though, too. So when you get all of this information and look at it and cross-reference it, are you coming away with it going, well, we don't know, maybe nothing happened? I, I don't see that personally. I I think it all adds up to something mysterious really did happen. But w- what's your take on it? I think more than likely there's a genuine event. However, ufologists got a hold of this case, uh, but in in sort of two stages. It, it wasn't it wasn't reported right away. It, it sat for weeks, and then when it finally was reported, it was. Um, a, a disreputable uh, ufologist at APRO got a hold of the story, collected details, and we don't know what he told the witnesses, and it was sold to the Weekly World News. And this was before they went full on bat boy. So it, it was still this, it was transitioning to the National Enquirer, Wind Color. They wanted to do something with their black and white press. And so they, they took over the, the kind of weird stories and, and it was actually reported fairly accurately as far as we know. But the involvement of, of this ufologist, who I'll, I'll go ahead and name, it was Bill English. He's the guy that promoted the story of, of Project Blue Book 13. And as far as we know, there really, there wasn't a Blue Book 13, but he has all these cases, all these dramatic cases of human mutilation and who knows what are all supposed to be in it. So he was he's one of the sensationalists and probably fabulous that that were involved in this. So and one of the things we do know that he uh, Vicky Landrum said that he told that since there had been a, a UFO and the symptoms Betty Cash was ha- having, oh, well, this was radiation and it was probably going to kill her, which caused a lot of distress to Vicky Landrum. And she was already trying to get help for her friend. So. Then once the, it was in the hand of the tabloids, well, English apparently just kind of abandoned it. And, and the, the witnesses were like, where's the help and the researchers that we thought we would you know, assist us? Uh, they, they called again and eventually got um, uh, John Schuschler got a hold of the case. But this was weeks later that all this time had passed. You know, the tabloid story was already out. And. And, and John Schuessler, I think he was certainly well-intentioned. You know, he was, uh, uh, I think, basically the co-founder of MUFON. Uh, his, he had a group, and it, they, his whole um, perspective on things was that UFOs were space vehicles. And his investigation was based on that premise. He thought maybe abduction might have been involved and had uh, Vicki Landrum hit, hypnotized to uncover a hidden memory if that were the case. So, you know, he was using all these these standard UFO tools. There was no, um, basically, an impartial in, investigation. So, so much of the information that came out was distorted quickly. And in this case, remember, John Schuessler was, uh, he worked for McDonnell Douglas, but at the Johnson Space Center in NASA. So, to the witnesses, He's the NASA guy. And, you know, he measures the where the the scene and, you know, estimates. And pretty soon, whatever he's sort of interpreting what they said 
that becomes their version of the story. If he says, well, you know, it was uh, 90 feet across. Well, then that's 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 their estimate. They um, they think he should know. And, and it, it replaces their own uh, their own story. It's overwritten. So since it's, and, and I can point out the particular examples of that. So the. That so what did, what did it all come down to, though, when you sifted all of this out? I mean, are, are we just looking at, at at sheer fiction or did these people actually have an experience that you think is genuine that can't be explained? It is most likely uh, it, it, and a genuine experience. And we, we just but it's been magnified and distorted. So I don't, I don't think we'll ever get to the truth of that. And that's that's sort of like it, it is a case worth studying for that aspect. You know, is this the biggest missed opportunity because of the the tampering, the um, the 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 footnotes thing that the gene oh that is to, really that is a really interesting angle on the whole thing yeah definitely i mean even if whether something happened or not just from that perspective it could be interesting to as a case for the books for sure i see what you're saying there before you go we want to we want to get you to tell us just a little bit about your projects too uh starting with blue blurry lines and exactly sort of what that is and, and when you started it and what it's about. Well, we, we mentioned Jim Mosley earlier. So I was uh, I was uh, talking to him on the phone regularly, sending things into him um, to uh, Saucer Smear. And he had asked me to look into the Cash Landrum case. And there was I was sending him more material than he could use. You know, he had, uh, you know, basically a, a monthly newsletter. And he couldn't devote all this space. So, um, and there were other things that he asked for. Um, and uh, so I said, well, you know, I've got to do something with this. So the the first thing that I actually put put out was something about um, a, a an article on uh, uh, Leon Davidson, who was a, a early UFO researcher uh, and had interacted with the Mosley and Saucer News, and he was uh, he had quite an interesting number of uh, run-ins with the Air Force because he was so uh, aggressive, and in, in you know he thought they knew much more than they were saying, you know, to to the extreme. Doctor D, the mysterious Doctor D. That's him, <laughs> exactly. I met so, him once or twice with Jim. And he seemed like a presentable gentleman who was living, I think, in White Plains, New York. I do not remember what he looked like, but he came out with that book, that Project Blue Book special report with an introduction. Yeah. But I think he was one of the people who believed in UFOs being test weapons and influenced Jim Mosley's early theories on the subject. Oh, well, yeah. we're just remembering the past. So that That's we don't a, forget it. We got some more segments, three more segments to spend with Kurt Collins. And a reminder, if you want to check out our new store, the Paracast.shop for branded merchandise, T-shirts and all that good stuff. The Paracast.shop. Gene Randall, Curtis, you're in. The Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. 
A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. We depend on our drinking water supply daily, but where does that water come from? Your water provider encourages you to get to know your local water source so together we can protect and preserve it. The investments we make as a community to protect our water source now ensure we have a sustainable drinking water supply for the future. Visit drinktap.org to learn more. This message is brought to you by the American Water Works Association and your local water provider. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug-out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So back to Dr. Leon Davidson. Kurt Collins, go ahead. Well, as it happens, uh, a an, an article on his theories of UFO propulsion was my very first Blue Blurry Lines article. And from there, I quickly went into using some of the material that I had gathered with uh, Jim Mosley in mind when, when he'd asked me to, for some cash planning details. So that was that was how I got my start with that. And, and it was from... Early on, it was almost exclusively devoted to the cash cash lantern research. There were, and over the years, I was um, I tracked down and started gathering. It's like, where what are all the documents I could find? And my my holy grail was the original uh, MUFON case file with the with the interviews with the witnesses. And after years of searching, I finally got that. So I, I, I put together on the site now a, a directory of all the. The resources on the case, some of the some of the letters between uh, researchers and things. There's a real, I think, substantial uh, case of. Uh, well, the the documents are there for everyone to read, and e- you can easily see that sort of the the almost fairy tale version that that gets put into a. Um, a television version and by the way ancient aliens recently did a segment on the case and of course it was real simplified and and it was all it was all one-sided and as as the sort of the popular legend of the case is that this was um, a craft that was of either alien or military design that was leaking nuclear radiation and and once once you look at the medical records there's such the portions of them that are available it really doesn't it doesn't hold up to that uh, for for the symptoms produced for that to have been the case. It would have been a lethal dose and the victims would have died within probably hours. So it's a great puzzle. Uh, and so I've enjoyed and I managed to along the way. It was I, I interviewed um Colby Landrum once. There was another witness who saw a UFO, claims to have seen a, a UFO that is disturbingly different because it was basically a black triangle the same night um, in, the, in in the city they lived in. And he's convinced it's connected, but it maybe, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. It's certainly worth examining. So that that's how I got my start, the kind of information that I present there. But I did branch out into other UFO cases and some historical material, which eventually led to this separate project. It overlaps, but Saucers at Time Forgot is, uh, I, I do that with uh, Claude Falkstrom, and he's produced just an incredible number of, of, of newspaper articles that... Um, the, what, what's really special about what he does is he tries to track the story. Okay, here's here's the initial report. Here's the story that as it developed over a few days, and here are letters to the editors, sometimes by the witnesses and participants or other people who saw it. So we, you know, it, it follows it as as much as as we can. I mean, so often you see something like the original Roswell story headlines and and that's that's all you see but there's there's always more much more to the story this is also on your blog the blue blurry lines at 
blueblurrylines.com. Are there clippings and stuff along with the saucers that time forgot on your blog site that people can look at? Oh yeah, there sure are. So what what I usually do is is you know instead of just presenting the the clippings, we'll present in, in narrative form. You know, introduce the players, let the story unfold, and it, sometimes I'll write a summary because not everyone wants to read you know ten newspaper articles, but they're presented there. And then sometimes it, there there are cases that are so complex. I say, okay, well, I'll put up a separate page with with just a series of clippings. Uh, you know, if it's something that you know, especially if, it, if it's either the uh, spanning years or the deals with the, with the life of some of the individuals, because some of the things we do is also profile early figures, either witnesses or ufologists that have kind of been forgotten, and they have their their own story. So those those take you know much more material. We we try to get this. Uh, legible as copies as, as possible, but some of the times of the print's bad. But you know, in those cases, we'll provide a transcript of them. But you know, some of the stories are, are great, and there are um, there there are a number of credible cases. There's some ridiculous hoaxes. There have been some um, some of the the colorful characters that are are just unbelievable. It, it, but it, it's part of the UFO story, so you know that's what that's what we're trying to present. And and so often you're just getting a narrative that is repeated, you know, and for summaries. And and this is the original documentation of the case whenever possible. I just love that stuff from from the golden era and the and the classic. And I mean. People today don't realize what people had to do back then to get information. Today, we just Google it. But back then, people had to rely on things like newspaper clipping services, where people literally got a pair of scissors out, had to buy a newspaper, cut it out, put it in an envelope, stick a stamp on it, put an address on it, and send it in the mail to people. And that's how people got information like that in those days. And these, I think, are really kind of priceless. And it's so it's really kind of cool that someone like yourself has taken it upon themselves to get that information and make it available for people today to to check out. And just it's like a trip through time is what it is. There's the newspapers are great. And one thing that's that that's largely lost uh, is the radio Programs I mean, because there was a lot of coverage on radio. Now the uh, Wendy Connors faded disc project is managed to retrieve and, and preserve a lot of those, and, and that's now been archived online, or at least most of it has. I think but, some of the Frank Edwards stuff is out there too. I uh, ran across it not too long ago. Yeah, and and so and and Frank Edwards and and all the just about all the major newscasters covered flying saucers and sometimes we don't have the recordings now a few of them also had newspaper columns where they would take the 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 radio show and turn it in in print so we have some examples of some of those from that so so that that's great and there was a lot of a lot of controversy and, and you know it, it took a while for the uh 
the extraterrestrial hypothesis to, to gain any ground. You know, when it was discussed in the, the 1940s originally, it was mostly, you know, jokey references to men from Mars. And it was, uh, you know, not many people were taking that seriously at the time. There were a few, um, basically some occultists who already believed that we had visitors from Venus. You know, they were ready to adopt that, but not not many uh, the mainstream, the newspaper people, and and as you mentioned, the news, the conclusion the military reached with uh, the extraterrestrial hypothesis is a possibility due to the fact they had eliminated. If these were you know truly craft, that you know it wasn't made here, so it, it took. It, it took um, and then the fact that Donald Kehoe had military background and he had sources within the military. We'll talk. We'll talk more about Kehoe in the next segment with Kurt, Gene, Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Has your body ever gone low blood sugar feeling weak, shaky, knowing you better eat something fast? We all know high blood sugar can lead to many metabolic problems. At GCNteam.com, we have a healthy blood sugar pack, focusing on the structure and function of stable blood sugar. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Nothing feels worse than unstable blood sugar. Call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. USA Radio News with Wendy King. We have Oregon's first case of the COVID-19 coronavirus. That's Oregon Governor Kate Brown. Health officials there in California and in Washington state are worrying about the coronavirus after states are now reporting presumptive cases of three people who've been infected by unknown means. The patients, including a high school student in Washington and an elementary school worker in Oregon, had no known close contact with a traveler or infected person. There are two similar cases in California. A 65-year-old woman who lives in Santa Clara County, just south of San Francisco. Dr. Sarah Cody is the director of the Santa Clara County Health Department. The individual is an adult woman with chronic health conditions who is hospitalized for difficulty breathing. This is USA Radio News. Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month? What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power and Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. 
We promise. So if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381-800-941-3381-800-941-3381. That's 800-941-3381. If you have diabetes and you're on Medicare, Medicaid, or have private insurance, you may qualify for a new continuous glucose monitor. Managing your diabetes is crucial to your health. The new CGM can automatically and easily help you manage your diabetes more effectively. And by using a CGM, you can eliminate the one thing most people with diabetes dislike the most, finger sticks. Now you can automatically manage your diabetes and end the painful finger sticks. Solara Medical Supplies makes it simple for you to have a new CGM. We'll do all the insurance paperwork for you and deliver the newest in diabetic care technology right to your door. Take charge of your diabetes today with the help of a new continuous glucose monitor. Call now to learn more. 800-547-5331. 800-547-5331. That's 800-547-5331. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Kurt, good that you brought up Major Donald Kehoe, because I think starting with flying saucers are real, flying saucers from outer space, these books, I presume, or recall being pretty good sellers, that certainly gave more credibility to flying saucers. The credibility there, that's the key word, because because of his military background, he'd gone to uh, the Naval Academy with some of the people that were actually involved, and he had had uh, connections, old classmates that could give him information, possibly even some of the people that were involved in running that estimate of the situation. So uh, he was able to get some of these cases, and remember, especially in the early days, they they didn't have a public office for, for um, it was then at the time, Project Sign and Project Grudge, and it was only much later in '52 with the Blue Book that that there was public access of any kind of that. So he was getting some of these reports, and, and they didn't always like the fact that he was able to to get them and sharing this information and. And of course, the only possibility that he was considering was the extraterrestrial hypothesis. And, and then I mentioned before about about um, McLaughlin and Moore when their stories came out, their background. You know, these were um, you know a current scientist, active military, uh, and that was something the newspaper could work with. And you know, we're seeing the same thing today. I mean, that's that's the whole reason this ATEP story was marketable to the news media. That's why the New York Times was interested, because you had the Pentagon involvement, the military was involved, uh, you, you had the the, the retired um, counterintelligence officer, Louis Elizondo. See, if, if it was just um, a UFO researcher going with similar in, information, they, w- they wouldn't be interested. But the fact that Pentagon involvement, official involvement, that gives it this this credibility. And if that's what actually makes it, in their eyes, newsworthy. Gene, did you ever meet any of the uh, radio casters back in those days, like Frank Edwards? Or- sure, Frank Edwards. I was in touch with him briefly. 
a few years before he died. But yes, I did meet Frank Edwards and have a chance to talk a bit with him. Certainly, I met Major Keogh a few times, and I've talked about that before. So those are the people I recall meeting. Among them, of course, Gray Barker, Jim Mosley, Dr. D., some of the other people who hung around Jim Mosley, I recall meeting. But if you drop a name, I'll remember even some of the contactees like Dr. Frank Stranges. Right. Yeah, we've heard of him. What's your take on the whole contactee thing, Kurt? Um, there's ample evidence to show that many of these people were, in essence, performers. Now, there, there were some of them that were deeply religious and I think George Adamski's background, he, he basically had a, a, well, when we say cult, we think of the, you know, extreme and negative versions. But he had, you know, he had this religious group and he already had some, these sort of cosmic type beliefs that involved interplanetary thing. And I think when flying saucers came along, he saw a good way to market this. And there's, there's actually examples where people have found some of his old, um, his old religious writings and he had scratched through things like, well, I don't know if the word was actually angel, but something like that. And then the right space brother in. So for him, it was, <laughs> it was a way to retool the message, to reach an audience that would otherwise never listen to him. Yeah. So I think there's some other people who may have had basically dreamlike or spiritual experiences and they sincerely believed. Uh, but um, I, I'm not, I think that that explains most, if not all, of them. Well, with Adamski, he did actually publish a self-published book where I think he met someone like uh, Jesus Christ or something, and that didn't do well, but he had this group of followers. And later on with the Flying Saucer Mystery, he couched everything in terms of meeting this blonde-haired Martian or Venusian and called Orthon, by the way. And therefore made himself more credible to the flying saucer people. And there's still people today who believe Adamski. In fact, I think somebody offered to come on this show. And I went back and forth and suggested they look at my link to Jim Mosley's <laughs> George Adamski expose issue from 1957. Never heard back from them. Uh-huh. So, well, one of the things we need to look at when we talk about the contactees, and there's some exceptions, but most of these guys, uh, well, they weren't all guys, there were some women, but mostly mostly men, were from California and involved in, and there was this huge scene from the early 1900s, maybe it was 1920s, I'm not sure exactly when, but there were all these this experimentation with, with the Middle Eastern religion and um, theosophy and uh, all sorts of things. And yeah, there's still a huge element of that. You know, the new age was basically, well, if it wasn't born there, it thrived there. And, you know, it's still still going strong. And there's a lot of uh, some of the things like uh, Stephen Greer's uh, uh, CE5 is, you know, basically that in a, in a different costume. So uh, there. Um, they it was very easy for them to believe and to 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 put flying saucers 
into their existing cosmic type beliefs. I think the theosophical theosophists, if that's what you can call them, they they are uh, they're the believers in Atlantis. Um, exactly. Yeah, and so they're big into, into the Bermuda Triangle and and the, and underwater submerged objects, you know, unidentified submerged objects. And which reminds me, before you go, there was one thing I I was looking at on Blue Blurry Lines there that I, I thought, well, this is, seems to be just a little bit. Uh, unrelated, but maybe not. Uh, tell us a bit about ufology's legacy from Loch Ness. Oh, okay. Well, uh, a friend, the uh, uh, Claude, who uh, works with me on a, on a Saucers of Time Forgot, uh, he recommended this Loch Ness book, and you know, so I it was like a year before I, I find you know he sent me a copy, and so finally I broke down and read it, and I thought, wow, this is so much like ufology. We have these people, the, these dedicated searchers, you know, some some had scientific backgrounds, some didn't. And the parallels just really struck me. I mean, there, there's a, also a, a similar timeline. Um, and the um, there was more in common with ufology than not. And I just thought, well, this is this is perfect. And it, so often people think in ufology, they're dealing with things that are um, unique. You know, the, the ridicule factor. The 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 bear, you know the what they see is uh, an attitude of science to reject these possibilities. I mean, it, it it's all there, and it's like it, it'll open your eyes and and some people's eyes to the to the fact that it, it will give you also a perspective. It's like why why science is not so eager to to investigate these claims, not so much investigate, but to accept them. Uh, you know, on word alone, and and another another parallel. There were a number of hoaxes for various reasons. Some for to to uh, local businesses to drive traffic. You know, some was to just to get people in in the media, and um, so I tend to think that probably at Loch Ness, it was it was almost all. Um, hoaxes and and mistakes you know genuine signings of something you know from logs or seals or, or whatever even waves that's possibility so I, I think that there's probably no genuine mystery beneath this one let's break it we got more to come uh nessie kurt sheen randall you're in the paracast <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. These are the sounds of someone taking their eyes off the road. Texting while driving is more than distracting. It's dangerous. Do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. When you're on the road, stay off the phone. A message from CTIA. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Well, certainly Loch Ness Monster, but obviously Roswell, has become a business, a profit-making business. 
Yeah, do they have a Loch Nessie a Nessie festival? They have. I'm not sure if it's current. I'm, it, it's basically a franchise, and so much so that other other cities. I mean, there's even places in in, uh, in North America that have their own uh, monster. There is an entertainment side to that as well. But but yeah, the parallels between the Loch Ness monster and ufology are, are definitely there. You know, earlier we were talking about ufology. There's there's a real an attempt at a real science, but there's also this entertainment industry. And it's like, well, can one survive without the other? You know, that's 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 tough to say. I mean, would enough people be interested to pursue the science if there was an audience? And without the science fueling some of these things, like, you know, anytime there is a legitimate statement from the Pentagon or a, or a, a scientific case worth investigating, it gets hyped by the entertainment side so is this some parasitic relationship i'm not sure i i have to agree with you to a certain extent that it would be nice to have some serious study of the subject and i think there are people who take it seriously i think there are serious ufologists who look at it objectively i i consider myself to be one i look at the whole field from a objective perspective and try to catalog the various facets of it accordingly. But what worries me is when you get people who insist that it should be a science, all that seems to do to me is invite accusations of pseudoscience, because as you've already mentioned a couple of times, we really do lack the verifiable, scientifically valid material evidence to be able to scientifically study what is going on. We just don't have it. So if we're going to put together a bunch of scientists and, and try to pretend to do science, that's just inviting the accusations of pseudoscience. And then if you reject that, but insist that because you're scientists and you're treating it all seriously, and we're not going to call it UFOs anymore, we're going to call it UAPs, it almost sets up this sort of academic elitism that separates people from the study. But isn't that kind of sort of like what happened when we went from flying saucers to UFO and then UFO replaced flying saucers and maybe had a toxic atmosphere for obvious reasons. So therefore, UAP was another reason to separate itself from that. Uh, Yeah, I think there's a parallel there. But what I'm worried about is that it is going to separate things from the average ufologist who maybe isn't a scientist but takes it seriously and they're just going to get lumped in with all the tinfoil hat wearing uh fringe people when really that's there's a whole bunch of people out here who do take it seriously who don't necessarily have scientific credentials if if we make it into this ivory tower thing where only people who are scientists who have got degrees are allowed to touch the subject i i can see that there's going to be some kind of problem with that what do you guys think you look at astronomy, and amateur astronomers have discovered a number of things. And Clyde uh, Tombaugh, he, he discovered Pluto. He also had a UFO sighting. So he's a perfect example of an overlap there. But I think if you, I don't know, let's just say that the government went full on in UFO studies. And they had, they said, okay, well, we're going to have this, this team of scientists, and they're only going to study UFOs. Well, they would have downtime, waiting for a new event to study. I think that's the wrong way to go. I think the best approach is to 
give scientists permission to study UFOs. There are many disciplines that are already out there. We, you know, astronomers were just mentioned and have them incorporate. Um, l- let that be part of what they can record and look, look at. Well, just um, consider the psychological aspect of it as well uh, and the social aspect of it and the cultural aspect of it. These are huge parts of ufology that are really very important because of the way that they've shaped the way that we look at the world today. I mean, you, UFOs have become part of the background noise of modern civilization it, from ancient aliens to the actual sightings in and the folklore that goes along with it. And then you've got people like Valet who says, well, maybe there's some kind of a, an overall plan to this, some kind of a control system. I mean, how do you even begin to study that scientifically when all, if all you're looking for is material evidence, you know, a block of strange alloy or something like that? I think we'd be missing out on so much if we only went that route and said, well, this is the only valid way we can do it. Yeah, the, the idea that I was suggesting was that you know it it becomes a, a legitimate part of other scientists, science projects, uh, the field. I mean, and, you know, as it is now, a UFO sighting could interrupt and destroy the credibility of a scientific project. You know, it's easy to imagine that there's been some, and then they just choose to be quiet about it. They don't want to lose their funding. They don't want their study to be laughed at. Yeah, I, I think there needs to be the permission to study it. I don't think it, and but I do think that individuals are going to definitely have to continue to pursue this on their own. You know, individual study and you know continue to support it. Well, you're you also know. painting the advantage of UAP. Oh, I'm investigating UAP. Oh, it's not UFOs, so they can go ahead with it. Well, yeah, that, that's such a broad term because, you know, basically it could be an atmospheric disturbance, a glowing cloud. I mean, it's that broad. I guess that gives them some plausible deniability that they're looking for flying saucers. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah or sure. does it? <laughs> I think. Guys, I still call it flying saucers. So there. Yeah. <laughs> and I applaud that because that's what we're looking for. I, let me hear that applause. <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I accept this award. No, that's not it. The late Stanton Friedman, that was his preferred term because it was unambiguous that there could be some object that's unidentified. But a flying saucer was a structured craft in his estimation from outer space. So and there have been other people. They've there was I heard the term unidentified spacecraft before, you know, and that's a big leap too. see with the scientists, if you're going to persuade them to study, they just want to have to say, you know, here's a, um, a sighting of an unexplained object. That's all they're going to want to admit to. They'll gather the data, the reports, but don't ask for them to say that they're hunting spacemen. They don't want that. Hey, we're just about out of time, Kurt. Why don't you take a minute or so to tell listeners where they can find more of your stuff other than postings in our forum, of course. At uh, Blue Glory Lines, you'll find my work on the Cash Lantern case and some other UFO articles. And then for the, the exclusively the historical material from, say, 1957 and before, that's the saucers that Tom forgot. And I hope that people will take a look at it. And I encourage you to add your comments and, and also give me feedback about what other kind of uh, topics you'd like to see explored. And as you see... Kurt Collins has 10,000 things to talk about. 
So he'll be coming back from time to time and we'll catch up on old things and talk about new things. Speaking of finding things, you can find us on Twitter. If you look for The Paracast on Facebook, we have a Paracast fan club and a community group, whatever those things are. And I'm not going to define them because I can't. We also have a place where you can buy branded merchandise for Paracast listeners or anyone. It's called The Paracast Shop. If you go to theparacast.shop and you'll see the listings of our products, T-shirts, throw pillows, coffee mugs. I think we got some of those too. So check it out. You also want to check out the Paracast Plus. Why? Because we offer two great benefits. One, of course, is the version of this show free of the network ads with enhanced audio higher bit rate, that sort of thing. We also have the After the Paracast podcast where we just have great stuff. It's not just talking between myself and Randall. It is special guests, sometimes continuations of the main episode, and sometimes it's other stuff. So you definitely want to do that. In fact, Randall, it's going to be the second week with that ghost experience, right? Yeah, right. We have Kevin Kellen coming back for part two of Ghosts and Me. Okay. More info, go to theparacast.plus, theparacast.plus. Kurt Collins, thanks for joining us on The Paracast. Thank you. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.